What's up, y'all? Episode 45, we doing it. We had a great episode today. Brooke Hare, one of my good friends living in London, former trader, now comedian. What? Similar story to me. He was on. He uh, We piped him in from London, along with uh, Anthony Bonazzo, uh, one of my favorite friends, favorite comedians out there in the Chicago community. Yeah, we talked a lot of good stuff. Uh, stock's been dropping for five weeks straight, but then some crazy stuff happened this week. And for four straight days, stocks are up 7% in four sessions. That's huge. Why? Listen in. We're going to talk about it. It was the Fed. They dropped the bomb. They slammed dunked the market in a positive way. Um, we then talked about the trade war, the tariffs, the, this whole, you know, there's a there's a government investigation of Google and Facebook for antitrust issues. We asked, what are the real intentions behind the government? Like, what's up? Why are they doing this with the trade war with, with Google and Facebook? Um, and how to trade that? We then jumped into Brooke's story. What a story. This dude is an American living in London, former futures trader, trading large positions. Uh, told us a little story about him the day the London bombing happened. He was there. He kind of slowed us down and walked us through that. We then learned from Brooke, yo, can anyone be a trader? What does it take? Brooke broke it down. It's like, yo, 20 grand, basically anyone can be a trader. We asked him, can you be a part-time trader? Do you have to be full-time? So listen in. You learn a little bit about that. Uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Peace. Welcome to Business News. I'm your host, Amr Abdullah. What's up, y'all? Episode 45. We about to have us a great time here because we got the man, Anthony Bonazzo. What's up, Anthony? What's up? This dude just hit up last night the NBC Breakout Festival. I did. Did I get that right? Got it right. Not only that, how many comedians were there? Uh, probably about fifteen. But and there's also shows tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Oh too. snap! Yeah. Well, of the fifteen last night, you told me that you closed it out, I baby. Closed it out. You brought down great. the house. It's an honor. It was packed. It was amazing. What could happen? What could come of that potentially? Probably what would be nothing. Like? <laughs> probably nothing. <laughs> I don't know. They they say that people from NBC were are there all weekend and to and you know industry but who knows it's probably like the interns and the janitors from nbc I, that come. I, am, I don't know i just i was just like i'm just gonna have fun and do the show and it was cool to do it so i'm not yeah. gonna think anything otherwise good for you so, smart man yeah. that's called wisdom right there baby yeah. do it it's called it years go. of being let down <laughs> <laughs> years of tears <laughs> yeah, exactly years it sounds like my first album name years of tears in comedy oh that was brooke hair laughing what's up brooke hair coming out of london we're piping you in through facetime brought to you by facetime Doing good. Doing good. We're well here in East London, Isle of Dogs. It's a nice, quiet place to live in between stabbings. <laughs> I like it, brother. Brooke, guys, is a uh, originally Illinois guy, nice. living in London now because some of his um, trading years were spent in London. Brooke, have you guys ever heard of the London Whale? <laughs> no? no yeah. Yeah, you have. Brooke's the only one that has. Uh, that is not Brooke, by the way. Brooke is not the London Whale, but he's the second. He's the second closest thing to the London Whale. The London Whale, Anthony, is uh, a trader at J.P. Morgan that uh, manipulated the market in such a way to cause huge amounts of losses for J.P. Morgan. Uh, and then he was like, "Well, do you remember the story about the London Whale, Brooke? Why are we calling him the Whale? Well, ultimately he was bet. Ultimately he was betting on." Home prices rising indefinitely, and uh, and so it was ba it was based on an interest rate play, and when rates mortgage rates didn't move in the right direction, it it, it 
collapsed the whole portfolio from what I understand. So that portfolio was one that had a bonus collected on it for five years when the trade was going the right way. Wow. And he was adding to it hand over fist. And then when it went the other direction, uh, I, he may have even resigned right before it happened. Oh, is that right? Like, get out yeah. before the smoke. <laughs> he wasn't ever going to be able to get the trade off. I don't think so. He resigned, but that trade ended up costing a lot. So I, you know, but you do have you are with sharks in these markets, and when you're, you know, lifting offers and hitting bids with large amounts of contracts, it's it's more like a battlefield in an intraday basis than investing, which is, you know, what you focus over the long term. Doing. Right, right. Yeah. So, so this is very similar to the housing market collapse. I mean, it, it, it was but like a single individual. It's exactly. One <laughs> dude betting against he the did collapse. everything that a whole team of people did. <laughs> exactly. This guy's, this guy's like a Ken Griffey Jr. Well, we have <laughs> a... <laughs> He's the Ken Griffey we have Jr. A similar, we, we have a similar... We have a similar trade on right now. Who's we? With... Well, with everybody crowding into shorting volatility. Mm. So you've got all these option sellers out there, and they've been making money for 10 years straight. So it just, you know, money attracts more interest. Right. And so it, this, this, this trade is so crowded that, you know, we're, we're sort of like on the precipice of, of another disaster. I mean, we're already long in the teeth in the economic expansion. It's the second longest in U.S. history. And then when you look at, you know, just typical market cycles were well over the seven-year mark where right. you usually get a bit of a bear market. Yep, and, and it's not, not coming. Any, so not coming, baby. Well, hold on, bro. Bub you, you, bubblelicious. You, you brought up, you brought up, yeah, bubblelicious, I agree. You brought up uh, option trades, like like trading option volatility or trading volatility. That shouldn't make any sense to most people listening because that's a pretty, uh, what, what's the way, detailed transaction that people mm -hmm. will do in the markets that like sophisticated traders will do. So, uh, we'll explain that at another time. Before we jump into that, let's introduce our boy Yehia. What's up, Yehia? What's up, guys? How's it going? Good, man. <laughs> Yehia's wearing a straight-up black thobe, and no one should understand what the word thobe is unless you speak Arabic. How do we describe mm -hmm. what a thobe is? It's like a, a male... Dress. Dress? Yeah. It's basically what garment, it is. Garment, but like, no one says garment anymore. You just did. Your energy level Sounds doesn't, comfortable. doesn't match the intro. He's like, let's give it up for our boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like... Hey, hey, I'm wearing a dress. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, yo, let's jump into this. This is going to be a little bit on the shorter side. Let's jump straight into it. Uh, we're going to talk tariffs. We're going to talk antitrust stuff. We're going to talk the Fed and how, once again, we always confirm the Fed is super important. I wore the right shirt today for the Fed. As Anthony pointed out, I got my camo shirt on. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm the Palestinian Fidel Castro. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, let's talk. Let's jump right into it. Tariffs. So, so May was the worst month for stocks, right? We're now June seventh. Today's Friday. We're taping. May was the worst month for stocks in all of 2019. In fact, they had a straight five weeks in a row of losses. So stocks were taking it on the chin. Oil was taking it on the chin. Everyone was spooked out. You know, um, a lot of it was because we were having a pretty big pissing match with China, oh, yeah. which continues. Uh, it's all on trade. And then out of left field, we don't smack the shit out of Mexico. We're just <laughs> like, you, you, can, you ain't getting out of this shit either. We're like, we're like Bluto. You remember Bluto from Popeye and a big like cartoon dust cloud? Except we have no spinach <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. combat it with. We have, we're like, uh, we're going to pay extra on that spinach now that we just right, tariffed. <laughs> that we just tariffed, exactly. 
We got we got cheeseburgers in the White House. That's what we got. <laughs> um, so so tariffs are out. There's no let up. The market was down for five straight weeks. Then on Monday, the United States government, different organizations, you guys might have heard about this, uh, came out with some investigations that they're beginning into Google. First of all, the Department of Justice came out and said, yo, Google, we are about to do some antitrust investigation. We think that you are monopolizing the online marketing or online advertising no world. Way. Oh, yeah. They're about to... Who, who else do you hear people using other than Google? Uh, right. <laughs> Ask Jeeves? It's what? not around anymore. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Ask Jeeves, they never had these kind of problems. <laughs> yeah, because they're homeless now. <laughs> Jeeves, Jeeves is homeless. <laughs> yeah, Jeeves is on the corner. We'll work for Google for food. My guess is with the name Jeeves, he's probably on an East London corner somewhere, right, Brooke? Yeah, I think Jeeves is a butler's name, right? Yeah, yeah it is. It is. He's given he's given Jack the Ripper too? tours in uh, the icon for London. Jesus also yeah, oh, that that's where he went. That's what <laughs> yeah, happened to him. <laughs> so the Department of Justice is literally bending Google over, full cavity search. This remind this is this is the image I need you to have is basically Amr Abdullah going through TSA. That's what Google's experiencing well, what, what, right what, now. What prompted this? Other than I mean the obvious. I mean what? I mean. It's been a long time coming. The government's been threatening to break up Google the way they broke up like Standard Oil, or they broke up Microsoft, or they broke up AT and T, like the Bells. But, but, but so, like, I never trust that that's the person's motive. Like, there, is there something that you know what I mean? Like, oh, the maybe maybe they're like Google knows something that we don't want anybody else to know, <laughs> or they can easily find stuff about all of us. That's a great point. I, you know who'd know more about that? I never is trust Brooke. that it's somebody's motive. That like it's actually for the people. There's Brooke, always something underlying. Brooke, why do you think the go did you hear about this, Brooke? That the government's investigating Google. They're going to do a full blown cavity search on them. What do you What do you think is the true reason? Do you think it's really that Google is just monopolizing online advertising, or do you think it's something else? Well, I mean. You know, I've, I always refer to the quote by Mark Twain, if you don't read the newspaper, uh, you know, if you, if you, what is it? If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed, and if you read the newspaper, you're misinformed. Mm. Damn. So true. And I, Especially and today. And so I, I never know all the motives for why the U.S. government decides to do what it does. I mean, I imagine that because information is power right now, and it's all about zeros and ones in data, every market's being driven by data. And those organizations have the greatest amount of data that, and their wealth is so great that maybe someone in the current government feels that they're a threat to that government with their resources, with, with their ability to collect all that information on everyone around the globe now, Brooke, and be able to refer to it like some kind of Stasi file that like some kind of Stasi file no one could imagine 50 years ago. Right. Brooke, who who in the government, the United States government would be that insecure to feel threatened by Google? Is there anyone I can't picture anybody. No, at all. they're all super secure. <laughs> Everyone's a stable genius in that place. As, I, as you were saying that, I was about to give you like a side eye, and I'm like, there's no way this is a real question. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, bro. I, I also, you know, I genuinely feel that it's a party, it's a party conflict. I think that the Silicon Valley and those firms are all, they tend to be progressive and uh, to the left, socially and fiscally. And then uh, you've got, 
the new government, which is sort of changing the laws to get revenue flowing into their party coffers. Because remember, the Democrats have been in power for eight years. So I think, you know, the, the government prints money and it hands out contracts with that newly created money, the newly created debt. And those go to the closest associates of the, the occupants of Congress. So maybe it's just, hey, uh, of course, of course, Google and um, of course, these companies are after the Republican Party. Uh, the Republican Party is a different mob, right? With a different agenda, in some cases. Right, right, know? right. That's right. Well, so so Monday, the government announced that they're going to do this cavity search on Google, uh, and and right on the heels of that, that was the Department of Justice, DOJ. The FTC then announced right away that they're going to be doing their own investigation into Facebook. Right, so Google, basically all online marketing goes through either Google or Facebook. So, you know, the government is, is, is about to rake them over the coals. I think it's something like uh, Google has 37% of all online marketing and uh, Facebook has 22%. So about 60%, almost two-thirds of all online marketing is going through these two companies, which is going to obviously hugely impact prices and consumers. Um, but on that announcement on Monday, the market took another dive lower making it an even worse, like, six weeks in a row. This was Monday. Today's Friday. Facebook was down 7.5%. Google was down 6.1%. Amazon down 4.6%. They're probably next. And Netflix, even though they weren't doing shit, they were just down 2% because they're just like, yo, there might be sloppy seconds on Netflix somehow, some way. That's why we got to invest in those medical marijuana dispensaries. Cannabis, baby. <laughs> so One of the most... It's hot right now. No pun intended. I was... <laughs> I was going to say, one of the most hypocritical things... By the way, guys, wait, Brooke, before you keep going, you yeah. guys understand, Brooke and I connect because we're both former, like, investment trading guys. Brooke was more an independent trader. I was at J.P. Morgan. And then we both, around the same time, took this more artistic approach, left that world. Brooke and I both left that world and then went on this artistic journey that we're both on in the world of comedy. So, so we're not only getting some straight-up, amazing, legit street cred from Brooke... But he's funny as hell, too. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, we've had fun. We like have it. Fun. I like this so far, yeah. Well, so, I'm uh, sorry, man. Yeah, I cut you off. I was just going to say, uh, thanks a lot for that. It's kind. I, I was going to say the most hypocritical thing about this trust busting is that's typically a, a, a left type of uh, approach to things, trust busting. But what is trust busting? I don't know how any kind of like... Uh, you know, and this is always the hypocrisy of the right. They're, they're just the biggest hypocrites. They're the bigger hi hypocrites socially when they often get caught in affairs or or uh, homosexual relationships when they're, they're publicly against it. But they're also just fiscal hypocrites. They've every, Ronald Reagan, every right-wing party president has always brought us deeper into debt, partly because the money supply demands it. Debt must expand exponentially for an infinite amount of time because uh, that is what our money is. Debt is money. So that, so they're both just spending. It's a little bit of a joke to say that the Republicans are conservative. There's nothing conservative about them. There's nothing conservative about spending millions of dollars bombing third world countries or billions. No, hell no. And, and, and that, never mind the, uh, you know, obviously never mind the, the social toll and the, the bad will right. globally. Right. So, yeah. Well, so, so, yeah, so, it's, it's, it is funny that they are Trump, you know, but if you'll get a supporter of his, they'll defend this Trump, this trust busting because they perceive a political agenda that's different inside those companies. When you're, saying, reality, when you're saying trust busting, are you saying like uh, like these these 
committees, whoever investigate Facebook and Google, they're they're breaking up, uh, they're they're trust busting, they're busting up these companies because of antitrust. Yeah, well, they yeah they want to break them break them up. They even mentioned that they're investigating whether right. there's some antitrust issues. But my my point is, it's a these are privately created companies, and they employ countless people. Uh, never mind the fact that they we use their products and we seem to be satisfied because we continue to do so. Right. So if they're employing people. What great idea is the Trump administration going to have uh, by breaking those up or c c taxing them, taxing their online? Whatever they do, they're just going to do something um, obnoxious with the money. Maybe invade, maybe invade Venezuela. <laughs> right, another country. Right, right. Well, so so okay. So after this whole trust busting got announced on Monday, on Tuesday, right. This is why we always talk about how important the Federal Reserve is. On Tuesday, the head of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, our boy Jerry, uh, this dude came out and said, yo, if these tariffs and all this stuff really, if this, sh I'm paraphrasing, by the way, if shit hits the fan. I heard him say that on C-SPAN. Right? <laughs> he was on C-SPAN. I think it was C-SPAN. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> if shit really hits the fan, we're not not going to lower interest rates like we might lower interest rates we might you know so basically the markets took the f off on this dude saying that one sentence and they haven't looked back wednesday up thursday up today's friday up again this shows you how powerful the fed is in financial markets basically he's like yo we might cut rates and everyone now is expecting the fed at their july meeting Right there's an eighty percent chance people are estimating that the Fed will cut interest rates, make it cheaper to borrow money, whether you're a credit card consumer, a student loan, mortgage, or really what really matters more is a um, corporate debt if you're borrowing for your company. The dollar's been down over the same time period, so if you adjust for inflation, that that market may not have even risen that much at all because the dollar's been going down with with this rally. And, you mean last, and, and the last four days the dollar's been going down? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense because if they're talking about lowering interest rates, the dollar has to be going down. What's your point with that, Brooke? Well, I guess my point is is that the gains might seem like we're getting rich, but when we're losing purchasing power on the ah, other end of those, that You're saying even deep. though we're getting richer from the stock market, uh, the dollar itself is actually getting weaker. Right, which is it's even, it gets even worse. Here's the, here, it's going to turn into a real horror story now. Because the dollar is getting weaker, so it's destroying the purchasing power of little old ladies and cab drivers who have very small amounts of savings that they need for groceries Wait, why are you leaving me and Anthony during out? the winter and gasoline. And, it, and it's, making, it's making the price of those things go up. And then the people with big stock portfolios at the top of the hierarchy are, are actually swimming in it. They're hoovering up the purchasing be, yeah, power, yeah. the savings of little old ladies and cab drivers. And yeah. I got you. And, and house cleaners. Yeah, you're saying basically, yo, the dollar going down is still going to have a really negative impact, even though stock markets are going up. I got you. Well, so, I mean, I, I think at this point, if we're thinking about the stock market and whether, whether a person wants to invest more, I'm always talking about a 60-20-20 rule. Have 20% of your income regularly getting invested in the stock market. My whole argument is, I, I got a bunch of arguments around that. We won't get into it today. But if this trade war is going to get more and more intense, which it seems like it's becoming more than just a, a pissing match between us and China, 
Um, I think that shit is going to get more serious, and you still want to hold out. We could get some bumpier, bumpier turbulence, bumpier flight right now with, with all these problems, uh, with the trade war. And so even if the Fed were to lower rates, I think that wouldn't really have enough impact right away. We're getting a nice little – what it is is it's basically a morphine drip. When the Fed is willing to cut interest rates, they're basically going to drip us with our economy with more morphine. And you know that shit is not a long-term solution. Morphine is just to kind of numb the pain for a little bit. So I think if this trade war is legit, which I do think it is, I think China's getting for real right now, um, we're not gonna, I don't think we'll get to a shooting war, but it'll become a, a full-blown trade war where like people are afraid to go travel to China. We're like moving all our factories or manufacturing facilities out of China into other places like Vietnam or other places. Like it's, it's gonna just get ugly. And I think the stock market could really continue to take a big hit. Uh, so what I'm saying is, if it's me, I'm continuing to invest my 20%. If I was going to try and invest more money, right, be smart. Like Warren Buffett says, you know, be scared when people are greedy and be greedy when people are scared. I, I think there's going to be more fear coming in in the next three months. So I'd be holding off, keeping some powder dry until shit gets, you know, more down in the dumps. And that's when I'd be investing. That's my take on, on the stock market and tariffs. Do you have an opinion Brooke, on that? Well, it sounds like you're doing a little bit of market timing, which is different than your, you know, kind of consistent weekly 20% contribution or so. So you're, what you've said is something I would agree with, which is, you know, it's good to have a discipline with investing, but there's different ways to make money in the markets. And when you are encroaching or approaching a correction in the market based on all statistics, then I think cash is a fine position. You may even want to, if, the, if there is some kind of a correction like 2008, you may want to wait a while before you reinvest in. But, you know, great fortunes have been built on buying a diversified portfolio in the midst of a crash. Right. Uh, just to be clear, Brooke, I am saying a person should continue even through – these past few weeks and in the next few weeks, just keep putting in your 20%. You got it. You got to well, have I think that's. I think that's a fair statement. Thanks for correcting me. And now you're much more clear because, because it's, then you avoid the market timing, which is yeah. impossible. Like you, you probably would you probably do want to stick with it uh, because we have that drop comes in one day. I, I know a classic example. Uh, I changed my mother's portfolio over a few years ago during that crash. And, there were, she, it was a lucky thing. She was just changing some investments, and she, she missed the day of the crash. Mm. She just happened to be out of the market, and then she got right back in like three or four days later wow. and participated in all the upside. That's great. Okay. And that was just pure and luck. The only timing, the only market timing that I believe in is when there is a huge correction like we had in 2008. When you start to see really blood in the streets, you're down 20%, down 30%, down 40%, down 50%. It's like, yo, I'd be waving that in all day long. When everyone's selling and running for the exits, I'm like, yo, that's when I want to be buying a little bit. Because that's if it's a long-term play, you want to buy when it's cheapest. And I think the way our government is set up, they're always – the whole Fed's mandate is to make sure financial markets are quote-unquote stable. So they're always trying to lift markets. And here we go. The moment markets well, – Well, you end up, you ahead, end up making bets on who you think will survive the, the, the purge. 
Right. So I would be selective on what you buy. I mean, I'd, I'd be it, it would be a stock picker's market in the right now. It's just a it's an equity index buying yep. market. Or, yep. You know, you just you just buy the whole market and all boats rise and rise and tide. But there is there will there will be stock picking moments. My other my other suggestion is that you know it doesn't hurt to allocate a few quid or a few U.S. dollars to physical gold. Physical gold. Physical gold. So, Anthony, have you do you own any gold? Mm, not that I know of. No. What? Uh, not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is like when I was younger, I remember like getting these like different things for like first communion and stuff. It was like bonds and silver and i'm like i'm like i asked my mom I'm like where did all that go and she's like oh i don't know you gotta ask your father i'm like well he's not alive one to ask <laughs> two right. do you know what he did with it and she's like i have no idea so i'm like Damn. i'm like those were gifts like to, you're supposed to like hold wow. on to and invest so i'm like and they, we have no idea where they are dad must have had a long night one, one know, day he had eight kids so he's probably paying off the you're whatever. one of eight yeah oh snap yeah oh yeah dude those those turned into like Cheerios one day. I, 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 I wonder why the they kept them in his closet. <laughs> it's like, don't touch that. I'm gonna need it one day. But. So, so why should Anthony, should Anthony buy gold? You think if he's gonna be like in, uh, trying to be a smart I, investor, I believe it, it, it. I believe it's definitely got a part in a diversified portfolio. And if your market timing, the timing's quite quite excellent currently. Oh really? Gold is cheap. Yeah, not compared to, to where. Not to get all compared to where it could be in five years. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have to look into this now that you got me going here. But what were you gonna say? Just not to get all conspiracy theories, but you think that some of this is intentional? Like with these, if you're saying that the that people are gonna buy when there's fear, like do you think that we're the Trump administration, Republican, whoever are purposely manipulating it so that we create this chaotic belief on the news every day that you know we're, we're doing this with China, we're doing this with Mexico. Fear, fear, fear. Anybody who has any sense of the stock market is not your average Joe walking around on diversity right now. It's probably people that are in the 1% that are going to look right at it and be like, all right, this is the time we're going to scoop it up and there goes our money <laughs> right up. Wow. I mean, that, that could be there could be truth to that for two reasons. One, if he's, if he's let's say, uh, falsely creating these trade wars in a way. Um, I mean, not that he's saying like he's falsely, but like that he's actually going to follow through with it. Like, right. what, like right. what do we even know what's going on with the wall in Mexico? Politics is As, Hollywood for ugly people. Politics is Hollywood. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's like what's going on with the wall? Is that wall built? Mm-hmm. Has that even been started? That's all we heard about during yeah. the whole campaign trail. But has it, have we seen a single brick been no. built? Yet? Oh, no. no. That's what it, I'm saying. It, the, the, the funds for it got rejected. And so he's trying to like appropriate other funds to get that thing built. I, but I do think if... This is a really interesting point you bring up. So, like, let's say he's not truly going to go through with all these tariffs. I mean, he has gone through with some of them. Some of them you just have to fluff your chest. Well, did you see right. he? It's like the he, drunk guy at a bar. It's like I'm going to hit you, but like then the guy never does anything. Right, 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 right. You know, he did threaten Mexico with tariffs. He threatened Mexico with tariffs, and they sent their national guard to the border to yeah. Uh, Again, that could be that could be like your your beer muscles. Like let's let's, right. let's make people freak. I don't know. I'm even, just, even I'm a conspiracy theorist anyway. So it's like, yeah, uh, I'm just. It's really odd. There. You know, it's it is odd. You know, it's like I do. I, I found the find the images odd just at a, a at a natural level that we live in this world where essentially soldiers are standing on a line and keeping people in contained like in an outdoor prison. Mm. They're not allowed to cross over the Rio Grande. Mm. Yeah, you're saying that imagery is powerful to you? Yeah, it's powerful to me because it just seems so so odd. You know, I mean, the, who controls which currency? 
um, territories and and you have the passports, which I'm always dealing with, work visas here in England. Right. Uh, it's just there's a lot of, you know, we're sort of born into this system that was created long before us, and we're and we're kind of cogs in it, and so that in that we have we have our social security number, we're tracked from birth right. with a certificate, even when we die, our, our death is certified. Right. right. That goes back to the whole question of, all of comes, freedom. That you know? comes to the front of my mind. What's that? So it goes back to like the whole theory of freedom. Like, oh yeah, I can do whatever I want in this country. I'm free. But I'm like, are you? Right. Go, go, go take a vacation unpaid for two weeks and see what happens to your house, your dog, your you know loans, whatever you've got taken right. out. See if see if you're free. <laughs> Those true, are these true. are these are financial shackles that are attached to all of us. We're all somewhat of a slave, whether we want to admit it, unless we're making millions, you know, and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're using a different word. You're right. I, I totally agree. Yeah, we're, we're, I mean, look, there's a, we, we enjoy a level of freedom in that we can eat an orange or we can eat a candy bar. And uh, we can, I mean, unless, unless the far right keeps coming at us, we're still allowed to sleep with who we want. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. You know what? On that note, let's shift and Wait, jump. Can oh, I ask you a question about yeah, the trade go war? For it, yeah. Okay, so two questions first. Um, first question is: Is the market back to where it was before it started crashing? Because I looked at the graph and it kind of roughly looked like it was, but I'm yeah, not sure. It's not far off. It's yeah. it's probably made up most of. It's it's up. The market's up seven percent in the last four sessions. And Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it jumped seven percent. That's a huge number. That just shows you how big and important the Fed is. And that's yeah, yeah, it's one of the said. one of the biggest one of the biggest rallies in history. I mean, they're, they're kind of they tend to be record breaking at the. And that's just the big, because the Fed said the big they bubbles. might. Yeah. The Fed said, "Yeah, they're like, if we got a, if we got a lower rates, yeah, so it wasn't it, even for sure. Oh yeah, it's not even for sure. No, and it went up that much. Yeah, that's crazy. I know. Think about all those. Think about all those options traders that just got uh, pounded because the VIX jumped here. You know, and they're always short. They're always going to take a little loss when the VIX jumped, but the VIX, the volatility index jumped massively. It must have with the big route down and then the big route right back yeah. up. Again. Yeah, you can actually in the, in the stock market and bond market, you can trade volatility. So if things are really volatile." Uh, you can actually make money betting, oh, things are going to be super volatile. Price is going to be jumping up and down a lot. You can actually bet on that. That's what that's what through Brooks where? talking about. How would you bet? You, you can bet on it through, uh, I think they can trade it in an index. The ticker is called VIX, VIX. You're trying to predict fa like the failure of it? Yeah, you're trying to predict how volatile things are going to be. Are they going to be super jumpy? Or are they going to be, are they gonna, like, are we, you, know, you can bet on panics. You know, are we going to have a panic? You can You can actually make money. It's like, Sounds like gambling. It's yeah. not, it does feel like gambling. <laughs> trading, Are trading we really going to lose our minds? <laughs> <laughs> trading the VIX sounds like you're exchanging vapor rub behind the school for a few bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about... Oh, so my ahead. second question. Oh, sorry. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. The second question. Um, with the trade wars, so it seems to be every time Trump does something with like tariffs or whatever like that, it's like the market tends to go down. Yes. So could it be that Trump is like like manually recessing the market as opposed to having a spontaneous recession? It, it's funny you say that. control it a little bit better? The only way I could see him trying to manually lower the market using these tariffs slash taxes on Americans is to force the Fed's hand, right? He could be like, all right, I'll, I'm going to F with the Fed. I'm going to keep doing these tariffs and these taxes on Americans and you know F with our relationship with China and Mexico, really mess shit up, get the market down 10, 20, 30%, and the Fed will have to lower interest rates. He would love it if the Fed took interest rates back to zero. 
because that would make the stock market boom into 2020. And guess what? He'll get reelected. Reelection. Mm-hmm. So he could be in that way. I I want to think that he wouldn't f with the market that much, but no. you know what? He 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 potentially would. He knows it well enough that he could potentially do something. Powell, like Powell's raised rates here and, and put a squeeze on this economy. All Wait, I didn't understand speaking. you. I didn't say it one more time, Blake, uh, Brooks. Lower rates did get rates have been going up over the last couple of years uh, by by the by the federal action. So yes, there, there has been a squeeze on the U.S. economy. Yes, and uh, right now there's that means the cost of cash to operate the government has been going up. Yes. And and so again, this is if you're yeah, thinking about the government about a borrows a lot of money and pays interest on that money in order to fund the government, of, and you're yeah, saying you're their cost has been going up. Right. The cash flow statement is Trump needs to get cash coming in by taxing imported goods. Now, read the economic history of Argentina for a for a case study and how disastrous this can go. And obviously, tariffs preceded World War II. But it doesn't. It doesn't need to be a world war. It can just be, I don't know, uh, a currency collapse, a major change in in uh, all the centralized corporate kind of control. I mean, we, the, the agrarian societies are in a far better position to weather the, uh, a, this kind of storm than we are as a first world country. Right. 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 All right. On that note, we need to, we need to switch to Brooke because Brooke is uh, got a huge, amazing story. All right. So Brooke used to be a trader. Brooke, you used to trade equity index futures, and you used to trade uh, uh, booned interest rate futures as well. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah uh, the, just those. so you guys know, booned interest rate futures. So the booned is the uh, German government bond. So when Germany wants to raise money, uh, they will use boons, and then Brooke will be one of the traders who trades those boons. In addition, you were trading equity indices. So like, what, would you trade the S&P 500, for example? I was trading the futures contract on the German boom, and I was trading the futures contract on the Euro stocks equity index, which is like the European Dow Jones Industrial Average. Gotcha. All right, and and how old were you when you started trading? I was late compared to some of the people I started with, so I I went back to stocking refrigerators for guys in their early 20s, and I was 29. Wow, meaning like you were an assistant for some of these traders? Yeah, I was fetching lunch for kids that were millionaires that were a few years younger than me, four or five years younger than me. Nothing like that to knock you down a few pegs on your uh, ego. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I had been out. I, well, I had been out gathering assets for this company called the Burridge Group, which was a boutique investment management firm, and I had raised three hundred million dollars for them in the Midwest and seven states in less than two years. Wow. All right, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, there, there was some there was some growing pains there for, uh, for and that's another story. But nonetheless, a colleague that I had been with me there uh, got me involved with a futures trading firm called Marquette Partners, and then I launched out of here in London as a rookie on my own account and and sort of built my way from trading one contract to trading nine hundred. To doing 10, 20,000, 30,000 contracts a day. Wow. Now, okay, so, so uh, to the extent you're willing to share numbers and understand these kinds of, you know, to the extent you're willing to share some of this information so we understand what we're talking about here, you would, you would now, were you like one of the traders in the pits physically trading or were you more electronically trading? I was, I was trained down on the Chicago Board of Trade 
as a clerk and as a squawker. So when we were training, we had an operation that would arbitrage the 10-year U.S. Treasury futures pit with the electronic market in the same contract. So we would squawk into a phone reading the hand signals in the pit, you know, five bit at six, six bit, six bit at seven, at six, at five, at four, four bit at five. And yeah, you, you were like a go between, between the pits and upstairs traders. Yeah, so I would be squawking, I'd say 200 traded, 50 traded, and, I'd be, and that would give the, and, and with that combined with the roar of the pit would give the screen traders a little bit of edge in an emotional time in the market ah. to step out and believe in the trade they were making. Because the idea in the intraday trading markets is you just need follow through. Right. So it's let, slightly greater fool let, in that way. Let's be this let's be very clear. So like I'm always talking about disciplined investing, keep investing twenty percent of your income every week, so on and so forth. What Brooke was doing is the absolute exact opposite end of the spectrum to that. Brooke is day trading, if not day trading, moment to moment trading. Buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, trying to feel the emotion and momentum of the market and make money that way. Is that correct, Brooke? In some cases. I mean, I would hold positions for, well, when I was a spreader, when I was spreading the two-year uh, German government bond with the five-year, that's the, the bobble and the shats. I, I would hold trades for hours, but those were spreads. I mean, you know, you had to Get okay, so instead of ladder. seconds, you trade. Sometimes you trade hold trades for hours. When I was spreading, I definitely hold them for hours. So you you know you need a strong bladder sitting at your desk there because you literally couldn't take your eyes off it. You'd be counting <laughs> contracts, seeing which ones traded. Yeah. Right, Brooke, between you, did, between did, you, did they ever make the futures diaper or something like that? <laughs> Say again. The futures diaper. Futures <laughs> diaper. The S and P index diaper. <laughs> Brooke, I used to have the same problem at J.P. Morgan, man. I would like not go to the bathroom till like closing till like four o'clock. Did you, Brooke? Did you ever like piss yourself? No, no, no. I got discipline. <laughs> what I a question! You ever shit yourself on the, uh, on the on the trading floor? <laughs> I'm sure people have, right? <laughs> Come on, you can be honest. Nobody's. We're not gonna tell anybody. <laughs> no one's listening. <laughs> that that trading lifestyle kind of makes me think of like you know whenever you're hiding or something like that, and even though you just peed, you all of a sudden have to pee again. Yeah, I mean, like that's my entire got life. That feeling while you're doing this, whatever you're like, oh, this yeah. constant trading. Yeah, because then you're thinking about it. They're yeah. Like, oh no. And this Am I gonna have to go? Adrenaline flow, and I feel like that's what it would be like. Yeah. Sounds like it'd be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> what what's what's one of like the biggest trades you ever did, Brooke? Uh, notional size or principal size? Like I assume you're doing trades of of hundred million, two hundred million, three hundred million worth of, of of value, right? Yeah, I mean definitely hundreds of millions. I you know, it becomes a it becomes a bit of a game. Uh, you said game. Yeah, a game like you 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 don't think about the money. You think about ticks, getting ticks out of the market. Mm. And you think about round turns and how many contracts you're putting on. And you, you do know if you make a thousand ticks, that's ten thousand dollars. And a tick is the minimum price movement. So you know, you put this notional value at risk intraday and yeah, I mean I've been trusted with hundreds of millions of dollars of leverage at any given moment in the market. I mean I, I had a when I on Martin Luther King Day in two thousand Eight. Might have been 2007. Now that I think about it, but the, I basically tipped the market with I don't know maybe 
800 contracts on and and it was a quiet moment and it, and it tumbled and it, it didn't stop going down until I started buying them back. Oh, snap. So you, you sold 800 contracts and with that sale, the market kind of got spooked out and so other people started selling along with you and now you're like, oh man, my 800 are doing fantastic because everyone's selling and the market's going down. Um, and yeah, so and if I remember right, there, was, there had been a rogue trader at Societe Generale in France, and they were liquidating his portfolio. Ah. And I just happened to catch the timing really right. And then the other, the other, you know, one of the other large days was the London bombing. You traded the is, London bombing? Yeah, I bought, I bought, bought bonds. I did well, remind me, remind me, is that the uh, that was the trains, right? There was a terrorist. Yeah, trains and buses. You know, trains so and our, buses. Our, our, in the, in the news was unclear in the morning, so we're working through what is going on. Is this, there's a fire on the train? Okay. There's another train on fire? There's two trains on fire right now? And now there's a bus on fire. There's something really going on here. So, you know, you could, you could start buying bonds with that kind of following the story through the morning. I mean, I, I came in earlier you know, on a, 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 one of the trains that was attacked. So the, the, that was a, an Oh, you were physically day. on the train that was attacked right before it was attacked? I was on the Jubilee line, yeah. I was at not not anywhere close to where the attack happened, but sure. but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I came in. I, I'd come in through there. So, but it's an emotional moment when you're first of all you're doing your job, so you're actually making money as as we're under attack. And then you know, in my case, I, I just remember sort of tearing up, like, "Holy shit, when's this going to end?" And you have you have a desire to run out on the street, but it's all happening so quick that. That's how markets move. Wow, that's powerful. So, uh, how did how did you can, can anyone be a trader? Like, if Anthony wanted to be a trader, uh, can he just go out and be a trader, and someone will will fund him with some money, and he can then go trade hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of contracts? Well, it depends. You know, it depends on if you got relationships. I think, but you know, I I can I could go in right now with a with a relationship with a clearing firm in the city of London in Tower 42. And I could put down, I could probably put down 20,000 pounds. They know how I trade. They give me, they give me some contracts and that's just, that's just, so that's, is a minimum barrier to entry. I think you got to, you know, you, you, you get your background checked in, in all those things. I mean, people need to know your net worth or, you know, you got to bring some money in to trade to, for, to get leverage from somebody else. Because you're benefiting from the collective pool of cash, and the, and the leverage is getting used by different traders at different times. So, but you could you could get involved in futures trading for twenty thousand British pounds sterling. Okay, so if a person here in the U.S. in Chicago, want, if Anthony wanted or Yahya wanted to get involved, uh, they'd round up twenty grand in U.S. dollars or some 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 number around that amount. They would knock on the doors of some of these futures firms, these companies. And be like, yo, can I sit with you guys, give you some of my money, and maybe you'll let me uh, have a seat here in a way where I can use your platform, your name, to trade through you guys in, in an effort to make money for myself. You rent a desk, you rent a desk, and they clear the trade. So you've got an exchange, and that they, and they, this, each exchange has clearing firms, and this is sort of like their syndicate. This is how the exchange can guarantee every trade. Because they've got clearing firms that have put down large amounts of capital that can guarantee every trade of any trader that trades through them. So the clearing firm you approach is on the hook for you. And they'll make sure they're watching you close. They'll never let you go in the red. They'll blow out 
your account. Ah. They'll take every trade off in your account immediately if they think you're going red. Does that make sense? So there, to are, there are, yeah. no, what, what, what are you, which part aren't you understanding? I'm not following. I'm, I'm, I'm like, and I feel like the general people probably listening probably don't like you guys are on a different level. Ah. <laughs> I think like, that's what I'm worried him, about. Him and I are kind of like, yeah. I mean, like from a very basic like understand. Like I showed you my fidelity yeah. portfolio. I just put that together like with like, oh, I've heard Google will do well, or I've heard right. Apple. So I picked like safe bets, but I don't really understand like what exactly they're doing on a day to day basis. If I log in and my money's gone up, I'm happy. And if it doesn't, then and as long as it's not dropping significantly. Right, right, right. But it's like it's to me, it's like the stock market's a whole. Th- this is where I feel like it's easy for it to be manipulated, especially by the higher you know one percent. Is that everybody else is worrying? Like you talk about like trickle down. Less affluent people are worrying about paying their bill on time and living paycheck to paycheck. Right. And I'm not saying like you guys are like super billionaires or anything like that, but like that you're disconnected from that. It's just that I just think it's a sep- it's a separate language that it's so complicated that most people on a day to day are not a- even aware of how it works, even right? On, even on a basic level. So like if you took like what most people get it, it's like basic, kind of medium, complex, and then like where you guys are probably at. Uh, I see like, I'm probably like I'm probably on like the second and a half tier where I actually can follow it. Right. Right. You know? Right. 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 Yeah, you're, you're there's a lot of there's a lot of scams out there that sort of prey on people who hear about trading, and uh, they sort of are interested in the idea of it. And it's the the currency trading company. So you never want to sort of get involved with somebody doing forex. Right. I mean, well, so I'd like to learn about it, but as far as like resources that are out there, I don't even know where you'd even begin. Right. Like other than just being. In like learning another language, like you're not gonna learn. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. You can correct me, but like if I was gonna learn another language, like I lived in Costa Rica, I've lived in Puerto Rico. Like that's the only time my Spanish was like almost spot perfect, on, yeah, right? Right. You know, and I've tried to carry it on since I lived here, and it doesn't work. No, and I feel you like be, you're not gonna learn trading futures, S and P index jargon and lingo unless you've been on the day. floor, yeah, and doing it every day and risking losing millions. Right. That's when you really want to right. learn. Right. So it's like. If, if you guys know of resources, I, w- I want to learn about it because I, well, I think it's an untapped resource for how to make money without having to take on an extra time constraint in your schedule. For, like, oh, I have to get another job now. Right. Like when you could just be like, all right, I'm going to invest. I'm going to focus trade, here. I'm going to do and this and do that. And you could actually make a lot of money. Stay tuned with this podcast, first of all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so that's the thing what we're talking about here is like, hey. Brooke, you were able to be one of those independent guys. You didn't have to go and interview at J.P. Morgan or Goldman Sachs or anywhere. How did you become that independent guy? And he's saying, basically, I started out as a clerk. I started running tickets, and I right. started squawking. It's like comedy. F- like, you worked your way, you did open mics at the bottom, exactly. and you worked his way up. Yeah. Most people aren't doing that. So I think nobody has any clue. So when they hear, most people, when they hear the stock is going down, they're like, either they're, they're, they're upset, because like a lot of my clients have a lot of money, so right. they're like, oh, shit. Right. And then, but but most people are like, oh, cool. What's J Lo up to? You know, <laughs> right, like, and they're gonna right. go to the next thing. That's you know? true. It's yeah. it's just not. It, it's, an, it's such an intricate part of of our American, like, the culture and the well being and the and the day to day functioning for us to be like sustained as like a normal country that's gonna gonna be operating successfully, but yet it's the most misunderstood or Absolutely. ununderstood thing that's part of that it, which is 
kind of ironic because it's like it's so important. If anybody was as educated as you guys are on it on an average level, you know, you talk about like Google and being under investigation. It's like these big power monger. Like, just maybe it's just the fact that they're big and they're powerful that they're threatened. Like you said earlier, you know, it's like people. I think it's a complicated thing, but maybe there's a you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just people are just in the dark and they're and they're. That's their own fault that they're not educated on. Oh it. no, it's definitely it's definitely a combination or, of or is it complexity, right? Or is it complex to keep people out intentionally? Yes, yes. You know, so that they don't. Yeah, unnecessarily it. complex means for things that aren't that complex. There's a lot of euphemisms. Yeah, there's a lot of language that is unnecessarily difficult to understand. Yeah, because even my clients, when they're watching like the ticker when we're working out and they see like the stock has dropped, they yell. They're like, "Oh shit." But I'm like, do you actually get what those numbers mean? And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> they just see their money. That's all they see is their money. The bottom line is their money wow. went, went down. So even people who have invested millions of their own, even they don't, they don't even it. get it. They just know? know that they lost 10 grand. Right, right and there's a guy that, that I train who works for J.B. Morgan, and he's like a, a, like a president, <coughs> and I don't think he even gets it. You know? wow. yeah. yeah. So that's I, why I'm saying if you guys know, other than being in the front line and on the floor – where are their resources like for people to educate themselves on a basic level to understand it? Yeah, I mean, th- th- or, or is there not? Th- no, there are resources. I tried like subscribing to the Wall Street Journal, like Financial Times. Yeah, and you read them, and you're like, I still, I still don't get it. Yeah, that, that's going <laughs> to be tricky. That, that's why I was saying with Brooke is like, hey, if Anthony wanted to like really get into this, and and let's say one day he wanted to be a part time trader, but he's willing to go full time for the next two years, full tilt, twenty four months, can he do it? I think what I'm getting from Brooke is, yeah, Anthony can go knock on a futures company's door, and these next ten of them, he'll just knock on ten of them. Be like, hey, I got 20, 20 grand. Anybody willing to give me a, a to rent the desk and trade through you guys? And a bunch of these places will probably say, yeah, we'll take your twenty grand. And you could trade through us. Do they give you this twenty grand back? Is it like a security deposit kind of thing, or no? Uh, Brooke, how would you answer that? I did. I didn't hear the question. The the twenty grand that you give these these firms, um, is it is it like a security deposit? Like, oh, we're holding it right now, or is it like you're paying it to them in order to use their firm? You're paying it to them, and they'll they'll. Well, no, you don't pay it to them. No, it's a security deposit. But your your desk fees draw down through that. Your desk could cost you a thousand or maybe maybe five hundred dollars a month, and if you're just in an open galley, and then you have software that you might need to trade with that could cost another thousand. So you you could you could start drawing down on that real quick, and if you get it down to about five grand, they'd probably just shut you down and say you're welcome to come back another time. Let, let me clarify. So you'd give that twenty grand, they'd start using it right away for the desk and the software. They take a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks out that month right away, and this then, is twenty grand a month. No, you just give them a twenty thousand dollars security deposit. Gotcha. Okay. And then you start trading through their platform, and if you buy this S and P five hundred futures contract, let's say you buy one contract. All right, and it goes up, and you make three grand that day, and then you sell and get out of that position. You now can take three grand out, put it in your pocket, and walk away, and you still have twenty. Now, let's say instead of making that three grand, you actually went down three grand. You don't have to give them three grand. Your deposit just went from twenty to seventeen. Oh, wait, but you're still paying for the software and the, yeah, the desk. That's like so a monthly rent. Yeah, that's okay. That's different than twenty k. Sure, you can think about it differently. Yes. Like owning an apartment and then being like, well, I had a party and I destroyed the wall. Okay, well, the wall is coming out of your, your security deposit. Exactly. Gotcha. 
That's exactly okay. what I think. So that's what I was thinking. Okay. Right, cool. And so Brooke's saying, yeah, if Anthony wanted to get in there, he'd sit next to a couple dudes. Anthony would start asking them questions like, hey, what is the S&P 500? What is this contract? Would they what? answer your questions or would they, would they be too busy trading? Depends on how likable you are. Yeah. Is Anthony willing to take him yeah. out for and, a drink or and not? And you have to start with 20 mm-hmm. grand. Can we start with $20? <laughs> <laughs> I'm down to $4 already, guys. It was fun. Well, this spread, they do this in England here. They have spread betting firms that drop those trades down to minuscule amounts. So there's, a, there's a, always an opportunity to trade options, even if it's on sports. Well, Brooke, so all right. Can a person do it part time? Let's say, like you here, you're you're no longer trading. I assume actively Correct. the way you were. Is that something yeah. you'd consider going back and doing part time? I believe it's somewhat of a young man's game. I I don't like being in front of a computer screen more than I need to be. I tend to want to be out with people face to face, and when you spend, you know. 12 hours a day in front of six computer screens, you, you sometimes wonder, what am I doing here? How much money do I need? Is there a destination or am I always just going to be fighting with uh, people, faceless people on the other sides of numbers, bids and offers? So I, I, uh, I you know, yeah, I, I, I step away from it. I have a long physical gold position. I took delivery on some bars at the Board of Trade, and, and that's, uh, that's where I stand. That, that's sort of, you know, that, that plays into my point of view in general about where we are timing-wise, but I'm, I'm comfortable with that position. Gotcha. So you're, you're, you're saying, Amr, I probably wouldn't go back and actively trade, even if it was part-time. I mean, do you think it can work where you go into the office for three hours and then go home and make a little money? or, or- I think it's... Or would, you need what to be, I or would you need to be there 12 hours, five days a week to really get in the flow? Yeah, and not only that, but you're not trading that much. So you're just sitting around, killing time, waiting hour after hour, day after day sometimes for an actual news event or something that's going to bring in enough volatility where you're not getting your pockets picked. Because in quiet markets, if you're putting on trades, the market will get pushed against you. All right, so this is but, a valuable thing, yeah. Anthony. Brooke's saying, even if you went and took your twenty grand to a futures trading firm, you'd have to resort to a life of sitting in front of computers, watching all these different types of news stories, these different types of analyses to understand when to buy, when to sell, how to buy, how to sell. So it'd be like a much more productive Facebook. <laughs> yes, a way more <laughs> you'd productive. You have to sit Facebook. in front of your computer all day, reading all these stories about all these different things. <laughs> And just be scrolling and potentially make 20 grand. <laughs> yeah. That's what they should do. If you're on Facebook arguing too much, they should just boot you and make you a traitor. <laughs> yeah. You'd be good doing this. All of a sudden, this guy's like, man, I was arguing with a guy in the UK about the Trump election. Now I'm a millionaire. <laughs> the productivity level just shot to the roof here. Wow. So, yeah, you're saying so, so, so part time, even if Anthony wanted to get all the resources and learn it all. It kind of become a full time thing for you, and I don't know if you'd want that. You, you, you become uh, hermit is I not think the. It right. would, I think it would get fun if it was part time. I think if it was full time. You'd probably lose your mind. Yeah, I, the I, markets. The mark. You want the markets to serve you. So in that particular style, I was doing. I would say those those days have passed for now. Um, but you know, I mean, yeah, it's all just on how you want to spend your time. I suppose the markets should be serving us. We shouldn't be serving the markets. And if you're and sitting in front of the screens that often, there's just other things that are 
far more fun to do. Right. All right, Brooke, if, there, if Anthony did want to commit 12 hours, five days a week, and really go full tilt, uh, based on your experience, based on your own history, to the extent you're willing to share, like what, what could he make? If he's, if he's a run-of-the-mill average trader, uh, not the best, but also not the worst. He's actually kind of working it out. What, what can guy, futures traders make, independent futures traders? I don't think anybody who succeeds in, in trading makes less than a hundred grand a year. I mean, it's either you're, either you're not making money, which I know traders who went a few years without making money. I've certainly done that myself. Uh, but some, you know, some futures traders that are out there are making a hundred grand. Some are making far more than that, but they're fewer and further between these days because the algorithmic trading programs have taken over the, the markets. Most, most decisions being made in the market are being made uh, by pre-programmed algorithms. So there's okay. not a lot of guys. You know, the, 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 the amount of proprietary traders out there shrunk significantly. So there's not the bids and offers out there are not the same as they used to be. They used to be distributed among thousands of traders all around in every market. And that's, that's consolidated massively. Mm. So if someone shuts those computers off, I'm not sure where the liquidity is in the market. Gotcha. So you're saying that, hey, if you're a successful trader, you're not making less than 100 grand. The fact is, there's less of those types of traders than there used to be. It's like being a lawyer. Probably. Yeah, and it is stressful. The 80s. Even. And it's stressful. And so it's like, in this way, it's like Texas Hold'em. It's, it, you know, you're playing with a stack of chips. When you draw down, if you have... Two, three days drawdown, you, you probably take a break. I mean, I haven't, and it's been gone poorly in the past. Uh, you know, you, you need a break because it's a mental game. I mean, imagine working 12 hours and then leaving there with less money than you started. Right. I trained like four traders mm. and often. You, and you mean like fit, a pe fit personal training? Personal training. This was gone a lot of the times. Gone? What do you mean gone? That they, they're, I'd, I'd be like, where'd you? You went. You're smiling at my text. They're like destroyed it. They're, they destroyed they, their phone. They, it it's apparently like like a thing on the trading floor. They just destroy their. They physically just throw like it against the wall. Oh yeah. Lost thousands of dollars in like like a heartbeat or more than that. Oh. And shit. this is not just one person. The first guy, I was like, oh, maybe he has an anger management problem. And it's like, no, nah, dude. He's like, this is all over the floor. Like people wow. just destroying their phones. So I, I did used to, uh, I had a, a physical hand phone that I used to sometimes when I get really pissed, <laughs> I used to slam it against the desk. They should have just stocked <laughs> them with totally like flip phones so they didn't destroy an iPhone. They'd be like, you damn flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I, I'll do research and try to find a resource. So by the time next time we do this podcast, there's to see if there's a resource. I, I bought some book at like Barnes and Noble. It was like before you begin trading, and I still it didn't help. There's yeah. got to be like a basic jargon well, book somewhere, and I don't. I'll have to do some research. I mean, the big takeaway Brooke and I are kind of saying, which I agree with Brooke, is like, if if you're gonna get a resource for the purpose of making money in the markets, it should be something where you think long term slash discipline type of investing. If you're looking for something where you're day trading so that you can do part time shit you're probably not going to do too well because your mind is not going right. to be in the game for 12 straight hours a day, five days a week. So and you gotta, you got you to have risk managers and stuff. But speaking to the stress, because you, you made me think of a, st a story. Around 2006, uh, I had a manager named Dave Feltis, and he ended up being head of the CME Group Europe. He, uh, so Dave Feltis, he, he was my risk manager, and I remember having a 200 lot on of the firm's money. So 
yeah, you, you're talking about significant leverage in the, in the market. And he came over to my desk, that's and I was probably, trading that's during. That's probably twenty million dollars worth of principal, a two yeah. two hundred lot. Right, and so uh, so he comes over to my desk because I'm trading during a quiet time. I'm probing the market. I'm trying to get a feel for it. And his face comes right next to mine like the predator, and he's like, "Stop trading like a f- idiot." <laughs> Very supportive. <laughs> yeah. And I get the firm's money at risk, so I got, I'm fucking boiling, which is not good for trading. <laughs> was uh, it Predator or was it Alien, where the mouth just opened up in your face? <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was that. He didn't was even it. say anything. He just growled at you. Yeah, it was just the big saliva <laughs> string. I can't think of a better way to end this podcast than that image eating Brooke Hare's head. <laughs> Brooke, thanks for being on this show, brother. I appreciate you jumping on with us, man. My pleasure. Pleasure talking with both you fellas you too, man. and all three of you. I can't see someone outside the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great talk with everybody. And you I'll too, man. talk with you soon. Yeah, yeah man. Th- thanks for being with us, Anthony Bonazzo. No problem. Thank you for having me. Good man. luck and have break a leg tomorrow at the auditions. Thank you. Uh, anything you want oh, to plug? Well, Any- everything I'm doing it'll be over by the time this airs. Yes, right. Tonight yeah. I'll be at the Improv in Schaumburg. Tomorrow I'm just doing the uh, NBC stand-up audition during the day, and then I have a show with fundraiser at the crowd theater okay and then maybe sunday if i get a call back anything next week that you might want to plug like a friday night show or something or saturday night show uh, i'm not even sure i June don't think 14th so. or 15th nothing okay no we'll get you plugged on i got week. like house of blues to, coming up i think it's not next week because they're closed but uh, the following tuesday i'll be there oh. again so okay that would be comedy cocktails every 18th every tuesday. june 18th tuesday yeah. june 18th I i'm there that, house of yeah, blues. that night yeah all right check out check out house of blues website june 18th if you want to hear more of anthony yeah yeah thanks for being here brother Good time, man. My pleasure. My beast. My millennial beast. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Peace. Disclaimer. I do not provide personal investment advice, and I am not a qualified licensed investment advisor. I am an amateur investor. All information found here, including any ideas, opinions, views, predictions, forecasts, commentaries, suggestions, or stock picks expressed or implied herein are for informational, entertainment, or educational purposes only and should not be construed as personal investment advice. While the information provided is believed to be accurate, it may include errors or inaccuracies. I will not and cannot be held liable for any actions you take as a result of anything you read, hear, or see here. Conduct your own due diligence, consult a licensed financial advisor or broker before making any and all investment decisions. Any investments, trades, speculations, or decisions made on the basis of any information found in this show, expressed or implied herein, are committed at your own risk, financial or otherwise. Business news and other shit, hereafter known as BNOS, reflects my own views ideas and opinions. It is not a production of my employer, nor is it affiliated with any any broker-dealer or registered investment advisor. No representations or warranties are made with respect to the accuracy or completeness of the content of this entire show, including any links to other sites. The links provided are maintained by their respective organizations, and they are solely responsible for their content. All information presented here is provided as is, without warranty of any kind, expressed or implied. From time to time, I may include affiliate links and advertisements on BNOS that result in my receiving a payment should a visitor click on the link or sign up to a service as per established in their practice. Readers are entirely responsible for any actions they take as a result of reading or clicking on links on the site and are urged to read the small print. Sound fair enough? Then please subscribe to BNOS. It's free via RSS or email.